Hello, and welcome to the Glenmary Unity Podcast. Our ministry focuses on enhancing understanding, reducing alienation, and fostering reconciliation between Catholics and those within the Pentecostal and Evangelical streams of Christianity. Today I'm joined by my friend, Father Vic Sub. Father Vic is a Glenmarian serving within our ministry. He's been in Glenmary since the 80s, so over 40 years now, and he's served in various mission contexts in Tennessee and throughout the South. And recently he's been moved up to uh, Cincinnati to our, to our mother house here to serve in different ways. And I wanted to connect with him just to hear about stories on the ground of how he's engaged in ecumenism with other Christians and, and why that's important for us as Glenmary within some of our five categories of mission that we discuss throughout the, throughout the interview here. Father Vic just has so many wonderful uh, experiences and is a great articulator of, of the reason why one would engage in this work of Christian unity and how he's experienced Christ within other Christians. So I want to invite you to, uh, to listen and to enjoy this conversation between myself and Father Vic. So, Father Vic, thank you for joining us on the Glenmary Unity Podcast. It's exciting to, to have you here with us and to hear some of your stories. Um, I thought just to start us out, uh, for those listening, you could tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how long you've served within Glenmary, and maybe some of the areas that you've served within that time. Thank you very much for having me, Nathan. Uh, it's, uh, it's a really pleasure to be here. Uh, I, was, uh, I took my first profession at Glenmary in 1980. So I've, I've been a Glenmarian for almost 43 years. I, uh, I've served in many different places. I uh, was a pastor in, in Crossed, Arkansas. I was there for 10 years. I was an associate pastor in, in West Union, Ohio, as well as also in Monticello, Arkansas. I, I was a pastor also in Swainsboro and Metter, Georgia. I worked in the formation department for seven years in Glenmary, and then I was a pastor in Lafayette and Salina, Tennessee, for 10 years. So right now I'm working at the de- de- uh, development department here at Glenmary. So when you were down um, in, uh, in Tennessee before, which was your last placement before moving up here into Cincinnati, you would have been uh, working with a number of different churches within those areas. And we usually talk about uh, when we go into a new mission area, we have a philosophy at Glen Mary about that. When we enter into these spaces, oftentimes these counties have never had an institutional Catholic presence. That's not to say there aren't Catholics there or or they're doing Bible studies in different ways. But uh, we're really starting from the ground up in a lot of ways. Yes, we are. There's different uh, spaces in which we focus on our ministry. We call it the, the five pillars or the five categories. One of those is ecumenism, so the emphasis on Christian unity. Uh, certainly there are a number of churches within these counties that we go into, even if there's never been an institutional Catholic church. Can you talk about why ecumenism is important for Glen Mary and, and maybe some of your own experience within that? Sure. Well, ecumenism, our Lord Jesus said that all would be one. And so uh, we are called as a people of God to realize that that is a call for us to be one. And also it's important for us to realize that we are all brothers and sisters. Uh, one of the philosophies of our founder, William Howard Bishop, was that 
we were pastor or minister of everyone in that county. And so uh, we are called to reach out to everyone. And, and so ecumenism is, is ex- extremely important, especially when we go into an area for the first time. We are seeking to be able to be recognized. We are here. We are a part of the church. We are part of the community. And so we seek to reach out to other churches. Often, and this has been the case many times, that you might start uh, being a church, you might might start uh, meeting in another church. Sometimes it's been the Methodist church or it might be another church in the county. And so you develop that tie right away. We are the outsider coming in, but we have a tremendous gift. We have the gift of being Catholic which I believe enriches a community, and so that is so important. I, I, when you first come into a county, um, I think one of the biggest friends of a, of a missioner is the county newspaper. Hmm. In the county newspaper, you find out who's having a revival, who's uh, having a sing-along at their church, who's having something special. And so the county newspaper is extremely important. I always... When I have a student with me, a, a seminarian, I go, here, there's a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Find out things you want to do this week by looking at what's happening. So I believe the county newspaper is very important. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, just some stories that I've I've shared with other Glenmarians. And some of our Glenmarians, uh, they, every week they're going to go to a different sure. Bible study, a different revival, a Wednesday night service, a Sunday service, or something like that. And uh, to get to experience the different Christians within those areas, and a lot of times this for uh, for those living within those counties, uh, this is the first experience of a Catholic that they've they've had aside from maybe hearing about it or reading about it or something like that. And also uh, for for us sometimes these different denominations, each one is unique in its own kind of uh, gifting. That might be our first experience uh, with them as well. And you mentioned to me before, kind of offline of some experiences with different Christians that you've had, maybe even denominations that are like, oh yeah, this is new to me. Could you maybe share some of these stories of ecumenism that you've had in the, in serving in the missions? Sure. Um, when I was in Crossed, Arkansas, uh, back in 1995, the church burned down. Mm. It burned down in the middle of the night. Um, and there was an interesting, re- uh, people wanted to host us. People said, well, other churches said, well, you can you can meet here at our church. And we started out at the, the Episcopal Church, but we found we needed more time. And so we wound up being at the local funeral home that we would have our masses at the local funeral home. But all of a sudden, there were other churches saying, well, why, when are you going to have a meeting at our church? And and so we became a church that was in, in need, and other churches responded to us. From that, we had the philosophy that and the sense of mission that whenever someone got burned out in the community, we would be there to help them. And so we would be there to help them with clothing, food, whatever, but we would be there. I, um, when I moved to Georgia, there was a church that burned down, uh, actually two churches. Uh, one church was the Advent Christian Church. It had burned down, and, and right away, we, because of my experience of looking out for those who have churches or houses burned down, we've, I, I responded. And I had the people, it was a different community. I was at, it was in Swainsboro, Georgia. It wasn't the Arkansas community, but we responded to that church. 
And so when they when they built a new church, what do we do to, to kind of show that we are excited for you? And so my my thought was, and it had been, to send flowers. So I bought, I sent flowers. I had them delivered. Twenty five dollars I spent. Um, and so the day of the dedication, there were many many people there. Um, it was full, and many p- churches, other churches represented. And the pastor got up and started to say that the Catholics. Uh, sent these flowers, wonderful flowers. Now, I, it was a small plant, but he pointed to this big kind of big <laughs> big flower-like plant, and, and he started to cry during this. He said, they, they helped us, and he told me to get up, and I shared why we did it because of my own experience of a church burning. And so um, we develop a tie there because of that, and I thought to myself, this was the greatest twenty-five dollars I ever spent, because um, because uh, it was a way of showing that yes, we we care for you and we want to be brothers and sisters. And so I've always done that. If 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 a church burned out, but also if they're having something special, maybe a dedication or, or whatever, to maybe send a note, or if it's something fairly big, to send a, a plant and. Um, it it just shows that uh, yes, uh, I as a, as a Catholic recognize you, and hopefully that reciprocal that you've recognized me, and it does, and so kindness of that is very important. I um, there are many things that uh, that can happen, and and I and, and so much um, even things in the community that we can really be involved with. Um, whether it be uh, trying to uh, to get a, a center for the homeless or or whatever, we we try to find churches that we can work together because honestly, you can't do it on your own. Mm-hmm. You can't do it on your own. I I just uh, we we try different things, ecumenical things in terms of uh, worship. I found that uh, when I was in Georgia, also we used to have a ecumenical worship during Holy Week. And I found that people really were intrigued and interested in the Stations of the Cross. Mm, and uh, it's scriptural. It, it's, uh, it, it walks with Jesus. And so we would have that. And, and at that time, people were very interested in coming. Mm-hmm. And so we would have the Stations of the Cross. Um, also, next month, January, is, is, is right here. It's Christian Unity Week. Mm-hmm. What can you do at Christian Unity Week? Well, we always at least would have people from the church. We would say, we're going to go to such and such a church next week, and we would go. Um, and so that was uh, very important, uh, the Christian unity. Also, during that month, is also Respect Life. And so we've had many times a community Respect Life service. And we would work with other churches. It might be at the Catholic Church. It might be at another church. But we would try to have something together. Mm. To me, that meant some planning. And it seemed to me so often, oh, it's January. Oh, it's time. We, we don't have time to do this. Or we don't have time to do Christian unity. All of a sudden, it seemed to sneak up. Christmas was here, mm-hmm. and everything got very busy. And so uh, possibly uh, a planning. Uh, we... Um, I've had some wonderful experiences of uh, ministerial associations. Mm-hmm. 
that's a great way to to try to get into the community. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my predecessors have told me where sometimes they've been in a community where they weren't accepted as being Christian. And so it's mm-hmm. a kind of a, a continuing doing that to try to show, to show, to show. Ecumenism is that we just don't talk about it, but we have to live it. And living it by reaching out, uh, talking to others, uh, letting people know that Catholics, well, they might be a little strange, but they're not that bad, you know. And and I think that that is so important for all of us. So I, I you know, there's just mm. so many things that we can well, look with, at. With that point, I, I don't want to interrupt any more of your your stories here and your your train of thought. Going on, but I was yeah. kind of curious. I, I've spoken to some uh, some Catholics who. Um, maybe feel and maybe there's some uh maybe there's some uh, non-catholic folks that feel the same way that you're just, they're just confused by christian unity they don't see the point within it and um when i kind of press on that a little bit more uh there's a, a sense of like well why am i why am i putting all this work into this this person's never going to be um unified with my church this person, their church is, is never going to come around. And, you know, there's a sense of fear that maybe this church is actually going to steal my congregation in some ways. And But you're coming in, <coughs> excuse me, as a, as a missionary, trying to start something completely new. That's such a vulnerable space to be in, to say, like, all right, I'm not, I'm not trying to maintain a parish. I'm just trying to start something brand new and fresh within this space, which I think if, if we weren't careful— we could really easily fall into that, that place of scarcity. Yes. How would you answer maybe somebody who says, I, I just don't understand why Christian unity is important yet. And Jesus does say this, obviously, but, you know, within our context, why, why should I even uh, bother with something like this? Well, we're called to const- construct the reign of God. And I believe the reign of God needs all of us to do that. Now, where I where I have lived recently in Tennessee, seventy five percent of the people did not belong to any church, so I don't see that competition. I I see that we are called to reach out and and to uh, uh, let people know that we are here. And so I encourage when I visit people, I encourage people. Oh, you're a Baptist. Well, I encourage you to go to your church. Mm. You know, I. I, I, I encourage anyone, whatever denomination, to go to their church. I, um, I believe that uh, it's the way to, to do things. I, I don't look at people as being competition uh, for members. Um, and I find that more and more when people get to know you, they're not in, they don't want to be in competition either. Mm-hmm. That the harvest is tremendous. There's so many people who don't feel called to be a member of a church. And so uh, we work together. We've had um, where I was in Tennessee. They're having going to have a revival, a community revival of all churches, and uh, and that's just marvelous. That all churches are coming together, all churches are coming together. Maybe to deal with a, a problem, trying to do, build a uh, have a center for the homeless. Uh, we have to have all churches mm-hmm. t- together. As I mentioned before, if we are united. We can bring about the kingdom of God. Many things can be accomplished. But if we are in competition, then we're always thinking, oh, I don't want to talk to him or her. Um, you know, they're they're kind of like my competitors. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not competitors. We are, are, are brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And so that makes it very important. And so uh, 
I, uh, we can rejoice in that. Yes, the Catholic Church is there, for, and we, we encourage people to join the Catholic Church, but we don't try to steal people from another denomination. Mm-hmm. That's, not, uh, that's not the case. I, I believe the way that we love one another it's a great invi- invi- invitation for others to join us or to join another church. If we are at each other's throat, I don't want to be a part of that church at all. <laughs> I don't want to be anything to do with that. I want to be able to be a place where I can use my talents and and share my life and also receive the love from others. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what a community is. It's it's and when we start bickering. And that is not good. I, I often think that if, if a preacher, a pastor, spends their homily s- talking about how bad another church is, then I don't think I would want to be a part of that mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. I think I would want to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that totally. Uh, oftentimes within this podcast and also within our, our ministries, kind of echo Pope John Paul II's emphasis that ecumenism is not just an exchange of ideas, which it can very much feel like that sometimes. It's like, okay, our division really just lives on in the world of ideas, on things that are very important. I'm not saying that as like a derogatory thing, but it's it's only doctrinal. Yes. But what uh, the Pope's mentioning here is that it's not just simply an exchange of ideas, but an exchange of gifts. And there's these gifts are coming from the Holy Spirit. What are some gifts that you experienced from other Christians outside of your tradition within the mission areas that uh, really spoke to you within that space? I I believe that some of the great gifts that I've learned from other churches is how to to share their faith. Uh, There's ways of doing it different ways. Um, And also, I think, uh, also be willing to share your faith. Sometimes, as a Catholic, me included, we are timid about doing that. I'm timid to say, "Well, do you believe in Jesus, or what is your, um, what what is your feeling about um, about Jesus working in the world, or how he's touched your life?" And so, I think um, one of the great gifts that I have learned from other churches is the willingness to be able to um, to listen and to to share my faith. And that's such a great, great gift to be able to share your faith. We talk about weather. What's the weather like? We talk about that in the wintertime, in the summertime. Uh, well, people have more desire than what the weather's like. Mm. They would like to be able to to share their faith, and and it has to be mutual. It has to be mutual. I um, I I found when many people go into a house, I've had an experience where somebody might visit me and they want to share their faith but they don't really want to listen to what I believe or what my experiences are. So ecumenism is a mutual sharing. Hmm. Let me listen. Let me learn. If I go into a situation and I just feel, you have nothing to teach me, you have nothing I I can learn from you, then why go into that situation? Mm -hmm. But if I go into a situation saying, yes, I need to be open so that maybe I can see things a little bit differently, that I can uh, tweak some of my beliefs. Not to say I need to give up, but I need to be open to, well, yeah, I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different way. And so many people have taught me that over and over again. Um, yes, yes, I need to listen. Mm-hmm. That's a real tremendous gift. Mm-hmm. Serving, as we mentioned, within these mission areas, just to kind of give people a picture. You know, you're going into a county, 
that has never had uh, an institutional Catholic presence. And within Glen Mary, we, we do that with priests, with religious, with lay people. We, we have uh, thriving parishes now that were started in a family's home. <clears throat> and when you move into these areas, it's you, you have a recognition that um, you don't have all the resources that you might need right. uh, to get going with what you want to do. You, it's, it's limited. Um, it might be, you know, 15, 20 people that are, are there. And I've, when I've done my mission visits, I've talked to some Catholics who they come and it's taken them over an hour to get there. That's the closest parish that they can get to. And so the idea of, of us just being insular, the idea of us as uh, within our missions, just focusing on the things that we can do, it'd be very uh, limiting the imagination of, of the possibilities of what God might be able to do in those areas. And this, uh, this space forces us into um, a type of ecumenism, which is understood as receptive ecumenism, which is first beginning with looking internally within my own self, my own tradition, my own individual church, and saying, what are the areas of, of need, the areas of lack uh, that exist within my own context? And after identifying that, how do I look out to other Christians to see the, the manifestation of Christ, the Holy Spirit working in that group, that individual or that tradition, and to learn, as you mentioned in listening, uh, from those other people, and to be able to receive that in some way. Obviously, it needs to be like contextually situated because, you know, how's it going to work within my, within my uh, way of understanding this? But we, we see this as a new point of unity. It's not just me appropriating a good idea from somebody else. But I, I feel like, especially within our mission areas, that can be such a driver right. of ecumenical engagement. I was just kind of curious if you have any stories on things that you were in a mission area recognizing that, hey, I don't have everything right now that I need or, or want to do or, that, or might even allow me to serve clear areas of need. But I see that this other church is doing that. How do right. I partner with that? Or, uh-huh. or how do we come around together? Do you have any stories that you could share with us that kind of emphasize that idea of receptive ecumenism on the ground? Uh, I, I do. Um, uh, just recently, um, when I was in Tennessee, I was pastor of Lafayette and also Salina. Salina is a very, Tennessee is a very uh, small town. It's, it's a poor town. Industry has moved out, and, and so there's a lot of needs. And so um, there was a desire uh, to partner to, to develop a soup kitchen. And it was with the Methodist Church. In fact, it was at the Methodist Church. But we, had, we only had about 25, 26 members in the Catholic Church. So for us to do a soup kitchen was very big task. But working with another church, it became a great task. And so um, they did most of the work, of course, of Methodist Church. But every Tuesday, uh, we, there would be a soup kitchen there at their church. Our members would help. They would raise money to to buy the food, uh, and so for me, for for I was part of it for eight years. Uh, every Tuesday was like, this is where I go for lunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, and and they would I would say, what can I do to help? And they would always say, well, just go and talk to people. That's that's what you can do. So I um, developed tremendous relationships. Very kind, and there was just this has felt like home, 
this is um, the people made it feel like home. And you would just sit and talk and listen and share with people, listen to their stories, those who came for food, how that was, uh, you know, how that was important. And actually I found that the soup kitchen had a very big uh, big effect that it was a place where everyone knows your name, where you could come and not just get a meal, but you could come and just be. And so people would come an hour early just so they could hang around and talk to one another. Mm-hmm. And they would stay two hours late. Um, and so uh, this was, um, to me, very good. And, and sharing about uh, Bible studies and, you know, that what has gone on, uh, that to me, we had a Bible study from that. Um, and we, it was just, it was just to me the way it should be. It was, it was, my life was greater, I mean, more fulfilled, I should say, because I was able to um, be a part of that. Mm. And and there's been other times, too. A lot of times around special needs, uh, that soup kitchens or, or um, places where people can buy food, uh, I mean, not buy food, but pick up food. Mm. Um, we did that during the COVID, where we would have special days in Lafayette, where we would have a big truck come in, and then we would get the food out to people. That was by, with other churches. It was such a big task. We had to do it. And then from that, there's a great sense of, yeah, you know, we're, we're brothers and sisters. You know, um, your doctrinally, you might see things a little bit differently, but basically we believe Jesus Christ is Lord. We believe in the death, the resurrection. We believe in so many things. We should not get hung up on things that we might see as different, but really be united by what keeps us together. Mm-hmm. And I am, um, and our ministerial association in in Lafayette was made up of churches that were not considered mainliners. These were kind of like churches that were kind of on the outside, a community church, uh, a church that wasn't number one um, in the community. And so that was a really wonderful experience for me to to get to know these other churches. So I, I think um, it, it, knowing that we have to work together, I am, um, it seems to me, <laughs> like at Thanksgiving, 30 years ago, we started the Catholic Church, an outreach on Thanksgiving Day that we took the place of, of um, Meals on Wheels. So we started getting 200 people we had to deliver to, and we couldn't do that. So it was right now they're still having it. It's extremely ecumenical. Uh, it extremely it puts great service to the community. But you have to be willing to say, I can't do it all. I need the help of others, and that's important. It's typical within uh, the work of ecumenism by its very nature. Like the word ecumenism is, is a different word, you know. It's, it's one that you might not readily put a uh, definition to. So I'm going to go ahead and throw another word in there that nobody knows what it means. So, But it's a word that's used a lot within ecumenism. It's the idea of koinonia which you see within the scriptures around the idea of, of fellowship or, or communion together. The church fathers talk about the Holy Spirit and the Son and the Father having koinonia with one another. One area that that word is used, which is really interesting, that a lot of ecumenists have, have jumped on, is that uh, when Paul is describing the gifts that he or the other communities are, are bringing to the poor Christians in Jerusalem, the word koinonia is again used for that gift. And it sounds like, in a lot of ways, especially with these soup kitchens and whatnot, 
you are both giving out koinonia and you are uh, living within koinonia. And in some ways, you know, that's maybe representative of a, a, a way of seeing the church, of all of us Christians. You know, institutionally, we still have these differences, um, even different identities and, and brands, if you will. But our practicing of being the church, this koinonia, it, what you're describing here is, a, is, is what that is. Very much. I, that is, that's a good analogy. Thank you. When we leave church, go in peace, and, and uh, we, we are commissioned. Let's go out. Let's go out and live this gospel. Let's go out and, and celebrate the, the Eucharist that we've received. Let's go out and, and make the world better. And, and I, I think, uh, as I, again, uh, in small towns, we need to address things. Small towns are wonderful, but they don't have the services of a big city. They don't have the opportunity to maybe to uh, experience uh, great talk speakers or whatever. Uh, small towns need to work together more than anything. And I, I believe um, that, is, that helps and it brings about so much the, the, the whole sense of the kingdom of God. Mm. And that's what we are to proclaim, the kingdom of God. And so um, what did Jesus say? If they're not against you, they're for us mm-hmm. um, and, uh, in Scripture. And so, um, yes, they do it differently, but we are called to share our uniqueness as with them and, and to see the, the, the uniqueness of each person, each culture, each way of doing things. And so um, if the church is not the one that goes out to the koinia to, to spread the good news to all and to welcome all, that maybe we are not doing what we are called to do as a church. Mm, that's a good word. <laughs> Last question here. If somebody were to say, Father Vic, I'm interested in this idea of Christian unity, um, and I, I like these stories, um, but I, I don't know how to get started. What would be a, a first thing that you would suggest to get started on kind of the, the road of Christian unity within their context, whether it's their own church or within their own town? Well, I, I think the personal touch, I think maybe you could go um, to the pastor. If, if I moved into a town, I would say, I'm new in town. Can I meet you? I want to find out about this town. You have to be curious. Curiosity is a tremendous gift. I'm curious. Tell me about Lafayette. You know, and, and then when also when someone moves into town, a new pastor, go out to that pastor. I talked to one pastor. I thought this was very common. I would always invite them to go out for lunch. And I said, well, and they would always say, well, no one else has done this. And and I would think that was kind of surprising because that whole sense of welcoming has to be important. And so um, if if you come new to a town, to really have the, you know, I want to learn about the town. And I know you're the pastor here. Can we talk about uh, our town, and and that leads on to other discussions. Um, the same as somebody come, if you are there, to keep inviting that new person in. Bring them to the Ministerial Association. Show them that you care. Um, and so I, I think uh, to be open, to be vulnerable. Yes, I don't know all the answers. Uh, I, I struggle too. Um, but also that I'm open to learning something new. And so I find... Your ministry is important, and let's share these our ministries. Mm. Well, Father Vic, thank you so much for spending time with us today. It was great to hear these stories and to, to see it lived out throughout our missions 
uh, I think it's really powerful because it, it puts it on the ground. It's not just an abstract idea or just uh, wishful thinking. And your stories, for me anyway, kind of help solidify that more and more. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Yeah. God bless. And thank you for joining us on the Glenmary Unity Podcast. Mm-hmm.